Hello everyone. So in today's episode, we are going to discuss about the dynamics of Freud's classical psychoanalytical theory, in which he discussed about various topics like instinct, what instinct means, and how many number and how many kinds of instincts are there, etc. We are going to also look at what Freud thought. what psychic energy was all about so let's get into, let's get into it freud was brought up under the influence of the strongly deterministic and positivistic philosophy of 19th century science he regarded the human organism as a complex energy system that derives its energy from the food it consumes and expends its limited pool of energy for such various purposes as circulation respiration muscular exercise perceiving thinking and remembering freud saw no reason to assume that the energy that furnishes the power for breathing or digesting is any different save in form from the energy that furnishes the power for thinking and remembering after all as 19th century physicists were firmly insisting energy has to be defined in terms of the work it performs if the work consists of psychological activity such as thinking then it is a perfectly legitimate freud believed to call this form of energy psychic energy according to the doctrine of the conservation of energy energy may be transformed from one state into another state but can never be lost from the total cosmic system it follows from this that psychic energy may be transformed into physiological energy and vice versa the point of contact or bridge between the energy of the body and that of the personality is the id and its instincts an instinct is defined as an inborn psychological re- representation of an inner somatic source of excitation the psychological representation is called a wish the bodily excitation from which it stems is called a need thus the state of hunger may be described in physiological terms as a condition of nutritional deficit in the tissues of the body whereas psychologically it is represented as a wish for food the wish acts as a motive for behavior the energy hungry person seeks food instincts are considered therefore to be the propelling factors of personality not only do they drive behavior but they also determine the direction that the behavior will take in other words an instinct exercises selective control over conduct by increasing 
one's sensitivity for particular kinds of stimulation the hunger hungry person is more sensitive to food stimuli and the sexually aroused person is more likely to respond to erotic stimuli parenthetically it may be observed that the organism can also be activated by stimuli from the external world freud felt however that these environmental sources of excitation play a less important role in the dynamics of personality than do the inborn instincts in general external stimuli make fewer demands upon the individual and require less complicated forms of adjustment than needs one can always flee from an external stimulus but it is impossible to run away from a need although freud relegated environmental stimuli to a secondary place he did not deny their importance under certain conditions an instinct is a quantum of psychic energy or as freud put up it as a measure of the demand made upon the mind of work all the instincts taken together constitute the sum total of psychic energy available to the personality as we previously pointed out the id is the reservoir of this energy and it is also the seat of instincts the id may be considered to be a dynamo that furnishes psychologically power for running the manifold operations of personality this power is derived of course from the metabolic processes of the body an instinct has four characteristics a source an aim an object and an impetus the source has already been defined as a bodily condition or a need the aim is the removal of the bodily excitation the aim of the hunger instinct for example is to abolish the nutritional deficiency which is accomplished of course by eating food all of the activity that intervenes between the appearance of the wish and its fulfillment is subsumed under the heading of object that is object not only refers to the particular thing or condition that will satisfy the need but also includes all the behavior that takes place in securing the necessary thing or condition for instance when a person is hungry he or she usually has to perform a number of actions before reaching the final goal of eating the impetus of an instinct is its force or strength which is determined by the intensity of the underlying need as the nutritional deficiency becomes greater up to the point where physical weakness sets in the force of the instinct becomes correspondingly greater
let us briefly consider some of the implications in this way of conceptualizing an instinct in the first place the model that freud provides is attention reduction 1 the behavior of a person is activated by internal irritants and subside as soon as an appropriate action removes or diminishes the irritation this means that the aim of an instinct is essentially regressive in character since it returns the person to a prior state one that existed before the instinct appeared this prior state to which the personality returns is one of relative quiescence an instinct is also said to be conservative because its aim is to conserve the equilibrium of the organism by abolishing disturbing excitations thus we can picture an instinct as a process that repeats as often as it appears a cycle of events starting with excitement and terminating with repose freud called this aspect of an instinct repetition compulsion the personality is compelled to repeat over and over again the inevitable cycle from excitation to quiescence the term repetition compulsion is also employed to describe preservative behavior that occurs when the means adopted for satisfying the needs are not completely appropriate a child may perceive it in sucking its thumb when it's hungry according to freud's theory of instincts the source and aim of an instinct remains constant throughout life unless the source is changed or eliminated by physical maturation new instincts may appear as new bodily needs needs develop in contrast to its constancy of source and aim the object or means by which the person attempts to satisfy the need can also do various considerably during the lifetime of the person this variation in object choice is possible because psychic energy is displaceable it can be extended in various ways consequently if one object is not available either by virtue of its absence or by virtue of barriers within the personality energy can be invested in another object if that object proves also to be inaccessible another displacement can occur and so forth until an available object is found in other words objects can be substituted for one another which is definitely not the case with either the source or the aim of an instinct when the energy of an instinct is more or less permanently invested 
in a substitute object that is one that is not the original and innately determined object the resulting behavior is said to be an instinct derivative thus if the first sexual object choice of the baby is the manipulation of its own sex organs and it is forced to give up this pleasure in favor of more in innocuous forms of body stimulation such as sucking the thumb or playing with the toes the substitute activities are derivatives of the sexual instinct the aim of the sexual instinct does not change when the uh, substitution takes place the goal sought is still that of sexual gratification the displacement of energy from one object to another is the most important feature of personality dynamics it accounts for the apparent plasticity of human nature and the remarkable versatility of human behavior practically of all the adult be person's interests preferences tastes habits and attitudes represent the displacement of energy from original instinctual objects object choices they are almost all instinct derivatives freud's theory of motivation was based solidly on the assumption that the instincts are the sole energy resources of human behavior now we'll discuss the kinds of instincts freud did not attempt to draw up a list of instincts because he felt that not enough was known about the bodily states upon which the instincts depend the identification of these organic needs is a job for the psychologist not the psychologist although freud did not pretend to know how many instincts there are he did assume that the they could all be classified under two general headings the life instincts and the death instincts the life instincts serve the purpose of individual survival and racial pro- propagation hunger thirst sex fall in this category the form of energy by which the life instincts perform their work is called libido libido is the psychic energy which freud calls as the energy which works for all the three levels in it is more concentrated in the id the life instinct to which freud paid the greatest attention is that of sex and in the early years of psychoanalysis almost everything the person did was attributed to this ubiquitous drive actually the sex instinct needs that give rise to erotic wishes each of these wishes has its own resource in a different bodily region referred to collectively as erogenous zones an erogenous zone 
is a part of the skin or mucous membrane that is extremely sensitive to irritation and that when manipulated in a certain way removes the irritation and produces pleasurable feelings the lips the oral cavity constitute one such erogenous zone the anal region another and the sex organ a third sucking produces oral pleasure elimination anal pleasure and massaging or rubbing genital pleasure in childhood the sexual instincts are relatively independent of one another but when the person reaches puberty they tend to fuse together and to serve jointly the aim of reproduction death instincts or as freud sometimes called them the destructive instincts perform their work much less conspicuously than the life instincts for this reason little is known about them other than that they inevitably accomplish their mission every person does eventually die a fact that caused freud to formulate the famous dictum the goal of all life is death freud assumed specifically that the person has a wish usually of course unconscious to die he did not attempt to identify the somatic sources of the death instincts although one way one may wish to speculate that they reside in the catabolic or breaking down processes of the body nor did he assign a name to the energy by which the death instincts carry on their work freud's assumption of death wish is based upon the constants principle as formulated by fechner this principle asserts that all living processes tend to return to the stability of the inorganic world an important derivative of the death instinct is the aggressive drive aggressiveness is self destruction turn outward against substitute objects a person fights with other people and is destructive because the death wish is blocked by the forces of the life instincts and by other obstacles in the personality that counteract the death instincts it took the great war of 1914 1918 to convince freud that aggression was an as sovereign a motive as sex the life and the death instincts and their derivatives may fuse together neutralize each other or replace one another eating for example represents a fusion of hunger and destructiveness that is satisfied by biting and chewing swallowing food love a derivative of the sex instinct can neutralize hate a derivative of the death instinct or love can replace hate and hate love so in this episode we discussed about what instincts are i discussed with you what instinct can be and how they work how he named these instincts and they, there were two kinds of instincts with freud had named them as life 
and and death instincts and how they worked because they worked on the psychic energy which always felt called as the libido which is always concentrated more in the id so thank you everyone for listening to my podcast thank you